0: Welcome, Castleberry. It is now time to have a casual conversation for the beneficial good of our community. The show you are about to listen to is called What's Up, Castleberry. And now it is my absolute pleasure to introduce to you your hosts, Andy and Drew, along with producer
1: Robin. What's up, podcast listeners? It's Andy, it's Drew. We are back with Castleberry, Seminole County, Florida. Maybe America's hottest podcast. <laughs> Maybe the universe's hottest the podcast. Universe. <laughs> in all other galaxies. We are the What's Up Castleberry Podcast. Welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here with us. I've got my talented, not as lovely, but <laughs> intelligent co host, Andy Searles, on the call with me today. Andy, how are you, my friend? Well, I'm done. You were not- lovely in your own. I am not
2: as lovely as Rob, and I will happily admit that because <laughs> y- you already know how much we're struggling without here to use her magic fingers to make our voices sound better. So uh, yeah, I'm doing okay. Just uh, getting over a little bit of flu-y, coldy stuff. It wasn't COVID, but uh, I think the flu hit me worse than it had hit some people with COVID. But. Um...
1: I hear it in your voice just a little bit. I'm glad you're on the men's and yeah, being sick is, is just not, not fun. Have you ever suffered from the man flu, Andy? Do you ever struggle with the man flu? (laughs) I I think, I I think
2: I have. In fact, uh, I think my wife would let me know that every flu I have is probably
1: 10 (laughs) times worse or I make it ten times more dramatic than any flu she's ever had. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I get I get it about once a year, and and I huddle up and watch Netflix and lay on the couch for three days. Yeah, it's a vacation. But oh, my my wife says the same thing about me. Well. Oh, man, I'm glad you're feeling better. As of this recording, yeah, Thanksgiving will have just come and gone. And we'll have more to report about our Thanksgivings. We're getting this out early in the weeks in order to avoid trying to do a podcast across the the pond. Andy, you'll be visiting family and I'll be visiting my family. And hopefully everyone out there is having not only a safe Thanksgiving, but an enjoyable one. And, And we'll put on some, a few pounds remind themselves of the many things to be thankful for in this life and uh, will continue continue about their life. I'm really excited about uh, just the end of this year 2022, I feel like best is ahead, not only for our little podcast, but for for Castleberry as a whole. Do you, don't you agree?
2: I do. You know, 20, it's hard to believe we're at the end of 2021, 2020 was so hard with COVID. This year is just kind of muddled by, but I think finally, 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 it seems that we're going to put this pandemic in the rearview mirror and there's a lot of hope as we go into 2022. I know for me personally and some of the organizations that I lead and for our city, I agree, it feels was like a new start and of course uh christmas holiday season is one of my favorite seasons as well so we got a fun run-up
1: to a new start and really excited for that and i really welcome that absolutely yeah i think hope is a is a good word we definitely have much to look forward to expectantly uh with hope
0: i'm sorry andy but well it's gotta be done it is now time for drew's dad joke of the day
1: I've got two for you, Andy, and as always, these are not mine, so don't get mad at the messenger. I'm going to deliver them, though, with passion and enthusiasm, as I attempt to do always, even when I mispronounce words and uh, <laughs> stumble over the, the punchlines of the joke, but, but here we go. Andy, did you hear about the circus fire? There is a circus coming to town, I believe, but did you hear that there was a circus fire? A circus fire? I did not hear about the circus fire, Drew. Yeah, it was intense. <laughs> Ah, intense. very good. <laughs> Did you know on the side, in addition to being a, a pastor, a dad, a, a husband, a citizen, a podcast host, I'm also an inventor. Really? Invent things. Yeah. I made this pencil uh, with two erasers. I made a pencil with two erasers. A pencil with two erasers? It was pointless. All in all, it was pointless. <laughs> That's probably a good
2: way to surmise your joke. Is pointless. <laughs> There you have it. Do
1: you have any any Doug jokes?
2: I do have one for Doug joke, actually. This is very appropriate because as we're releasing this, I'm actually going to be in England just kind of hopping over for a few days to celebrate my dad's 75th birthday. He doesn't know I'm coming, but I can share it on air because this won't be released until I'm over there. And he knows. But, you know, in England, you know, we have different measurements, right, to measure weights, you know, pounds, kilograms. You know, though, it's really hard for Americans to switch from pounds to kilograms overnight. You know, it's really hard. Yeah. You you know, they tried it once and it created mass confusion.
1: (laughs) Nice. That was kind of like a a physics... Math science check. Yeah, I have a
2: riddle. Okay. You want a riddle? It's not a joke. Yeah, but I mean, like, sure. Give your, us. your jokes weren't funny, but
1: we're know. we're light. We're we're hanging loose here. We're just hanging out, <clears throat> two friends. Go ahead, give me the riddle. All right. If you
2: identify a UFO as a UFO, then it becomes an F O, unless it has landed, then it simply becomes an O. Huh. Because if you identify it as a UFO, well, then it's uh, not unidentified. unidentified <laughs> but if it lands, it's not flying. And so it's just an O.
1: Oh, now I get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. There you go. The, the, the dad and the mm. Doug jokes. There you sometimes. go. If you're listening to this
2: podcast and you're going through a drive through or, you know, share that with the cashier. Mm-hmm. If, if you, you know, that'll just add some something to their life today. <laughs>
1: It might even make sense. Hey, you know, it's funny. I actually was with uh, a, a friend and we were talking and, and this friend, they know what we do. I do this podcast with you, but they may you know, they listen occasionally, I believe. And I was mentioning that we were going to have some special upcoming guests, here in the near future, uh, really excited about some of the those that are coming up on the show, and and they said, "Oh yeah, the podcast. That's the one where you guys do the dad jokes, right?" Wow! <laughs> like, li- like literally, it's not the news, it's not the great interviews, it's it's the dad jokes, Andy. So I mean, you know, we're mm. kind of stuck with that as, as sort of being our mo. I mean, you got to be known for something. It's nice to be known for something. That's mm. good. That's Right. Hey, speaking of Castleberry in the news, uh, listen, we as much as we love telling dad jokes and riddles. We exist to bring forth all the exciting developments and things in our Castleberry community highlighting what's going on here. And there's something really exciting happening. I had the privilege of popping over to Castleberry Elementary School uh, to deliver some Thanksgiving bags that members of our community donated to some children and families there in need. And it was really, really fascinating to see the entire school, from the classrooms to the front office. Everything was in boxes, As Castleberry Elementary is preparing, as of this recording, they will be in their brand new uh, building. And that's been a long process led by Mallory Lambert, the Castleberry Elementary principal. Andy, tell us about that, the move to the new building.
2: Yeah, that's exciting. I think we've been waiting for years and years for this week to come. But as our podcast is dropping this week, many students will be in new classrooms in a new environment, state of the art with all the technology that's needed. I've been watching on social media or some of the teachers have been packing up their rooms and moving their old classrooms to the new classrooms. And I just think it's a a wonderful milestone for our community. It's also a milestone for me. I've been involved in our school long enough to remember, I think it was 10, 12 years ago, when they were talking about potentially closing Castleberry Elementary down in a rezoning effort. And so to go from moving away from that to investing millions and millions of dollars in a new facility, it's very, very exciting. And so I hope to swing by there soon and get a little bit of a tour, but I hope all the new students and all the new teachers are finding their way around their new building this week. That's very exciting, and I understand that this is just the end of phase one, but that there's more construction to come. Do you know
1: anything about that, Drew? That's right. We are, I don't know if it's immediate uh, construction, but yes, the plan I believe is to keep the the P wing when you're on the campus to over to the left, they call those long hallways with the classrooms, the P wing, those will stay, but be refurbished. And what we've known to be the administration building will be torn down along with the cafeteria. And they're gonna build a, a really new state-of-the-art cafeteria, the center and some other additions. Really, it's gonna be state-of-the-art and I'm really proud, uh, especially having a, a little boy that will be attending there in just a few short years for him and so many of his classmates to enjoy just the new features there on the campus.
0: And now from the Society of Historic Castleberry, this is History of Castleberry with Dr. Deborah Bauer.
3: Hi, this is Dr. Deborah Bauer with your Castleberry history in 90 seconds. Brightwater was the Castleberry family estate for more than seven decades. Noted Winter Park architect, James Gamble Rogers II, designed the house in 1951 at the request of friend and fellow Illinois native, Hibbard Castleberry. A major landowner, developer, and businessman, Castleberry was the founder and first mayor of the town of Castleberry, which would later become the city of Castleberry. Rogers designed the house in the colonial revival style. Construction began in 1952 and finished later that year. Castleberry's second wife, Martha Norris Castleberry, named the house. The view of South Lake Triplet at sunrise and sunset from the house's waterfront lot inspired her choice of name. Rogers originally designed Brightwater with four bedrooms, four bathrooms, 5,729 square feet of living space, over three floors on 8.63 acres. The family added a dock and later a swimming pool in 1961. The family constructed an addition in 1969 that added two more bedrooms, two more bathrooms, and an enlarged great room on the first floor. James Gamble Rogers II also designed a guest house that was never built. Hibbert Castleberry died at Brightwater at the age of 76 on August 29, 1969. Brightwater is the only major private residence designed by James Gamble Rogers II still standing in Seminole County today. It also remains the only home of one of the named founders of a municipality in Seminole County that was occupied by the founder for the remainder of his life until his death. The home was later lived in by Castleberry's widow, Martha, until her passing in 1992, and their son, John, until his death in 2019. The city of Castleberry purchased the property in the summer of 2021. Again, this has been Dr. Deborah Bauer with your Castleberry History in 90 Seconds.
1: Christian Help is entering our 30th year of empowering family independence in Castleberry. We are getting Central Florida's unemployed back to work. We are feeding thousands of struggling families in the community. We are giving your neighbors hope, but we need your help. Join us on the front lines of Central Florida's economic recovery. To learn more, go to ChristianHelp.org. That's ChristianHelp.org. Christian Help is a proud sponsor of the What's Up Castleberry podcast.
2: Welcome back, listeners, to the What's Up Castleberry podcast. We have a very special guest with us in this part of the show, and both Drew and I have to admit that we are a little intimidated about speaking to this guest, right, Drew? Because by profession, our guest does what we're doing now, but on the other side of the microphone. His name is Mike Gilland. He runs a daily radio show throughout Central Florida, and so we're swapping chairs and swapping microphones with him today so that we can hopefully learn a little bit, Drew, about what we're doing. And I think all of our listeners will agree that's a good thing. But also, (laughs) we want to introduce
0: our community to Mike as well and what he does. So welcome, Mike. We're thrilled you're with us today. Oh, it's such an honor to be with you guys. I appreciate both of you so much. I love the community of Castleberry. It is in our heart. Years ago, when I was part of a pastoral staff that built a church building right in Castleberry. That's when I really first kind of fell in love with the area. So yeah, I'm a big fan. Well, I hope it doesn't feel too weird sitting on the other side of the microphone. It is a little unusual, I have to say, because I'm usually the one, like you said, that's posing the questions. And then, you know, part of what is every interviewer's, I guess you could call it a dilemma, is making sure that you're keeping up with listening back to the uh, question that you just gave for the answer. Because a lot of people, when they ask a question, they jump ahead to what their next question is going to be. And then, you know, they've lost the answer to their first one. so. Oh,
2: Drew, write weird. that down. That's some good advice there. Yeah. What was that? What was that?
1: <laughs> what was that? That's- I'm going off script right off the bat because, Mike, I can tell you, we've done this uh, 90 or so episodes, 90 or so conversations Andy and I have, and you've had many more than that. And our producer, Robin, even made the comment that we've not heard a voice just quite as velvety smooth as yours. And just com- Oh my comforting. goodness. Well, thank you. Tell us about that gift. How, like, how did that develop? Have you always had this voice? Was it something you've kind of worked on and crafted? Tell us about your voice.
0: I really don't know why, but... The first time I never had any thought about doing anything like this, certainly not professionally until I was in college and I was studying to be a teacher and Back in that day, I was going to be an elementary math teacher, particularly, and I was up in Indiana, and back in that time, we had just taken a class called Initial Experiences in Education, and it was a wonderful thing for me because the idea, there were a lot of teachers back in that day that were uh, getting their teacher's uh, degree, going four years in college, only to get out of their student teaching and really finding out that that really was wasn't what they wanted to do, and, or it wasn't the right situation for them. I think all of us that entered that love teaching and love people and love children. But in my case, I really didn't want to make the move to the way frigid north. And that apparently was where the only jobs that you could get in that year uh, was up north. And so it wasn't right for me. And I wondered what I was doing. And at the same time that all of that was going on, my uh, speech teacher that I was taking as a required course was also a program director at a TV station. And he pulled me aside one day and he said, I can tell that you're a little maybe questioning your, your major and wondered what you're thinking. So I told him, I said, yeah, I think I'm going to have to look for a new direction. And he goes, I think you should go into communications. And he said, I think you could have a go at it. And part of his reasoning for that would have just been the comfort level that I guess I had displayed and standing up. We did a lot of different type of speeches, demonstration speeches. We did creative speeches. We did all sorts of things. And it was just something that I didn't naturally and I still am comfortable standing up before people. And that was how it it happened. And the ironic thing is a year later, after I made that move to communications, things went so quickly. He invited me while I was still a student there to help him teach a radio production class. And I got credit for it. I didn't get paid for it, but I got school credit for it. And that was really amazing. So I'm just grateful for his interest in me. That's how that happened. And I'm always a amazed too at what a person's voice you know all of us are this way drew we we all think we sound one way and then when we hear ourselves back very few people i don't care who they are they don't like what they hear they (laughs) go, ooh, i sound like that well i feel the same way when i hear my own voice i don't like it but that's just something that I've learned that everybody is that way. And, uh, you know, we just have to come down to realize that if other people say I, I like it, then I that's what I've gone with. But I'm grateful. I'm honored. Thank you for your compliment. Mike, I agree with much of what you said. One of the most
2: excruciating parts of my week is when I listen back to the message <laughs> that I delivered on Sunday. It's just cringeworthy, but it's the only way we get better. And I'm pretty sure that if you had become a math teacher, you would have made those equations sound very soft and very, very nice as well. So let's jump into the interview. First question.
0: As a radio DJ, who would you most like to interview? You know, that is a great question. And I think it has a lot to do with every individual would look up to the people that they respect the most and would feel maybe drawn to. And for me, I I asked the question... uh, Uh, upfront before we began this podcast, would that person be alive or deceased? (laughs) If they're deceased, the answer is easy. I would love to have interviewed Ronald Reagan. I really appreciated the guy. He, like all of us, wasn't perfect, but boy, what a leader he was. Mm. And his insights, his sense of humor, uh, everything about him, his heart for this country, his care for people, he uh, was one that I always admired and loved. And boy, would I really, really like to do that. The person that I would probably today, I've got such a wide list here, Andy. It's, <laughs> it's really hard to kind of narrow it down. But when I think of what that would really be fun, it would be people like Stephen Curtis Chapman, who I long to meet and get mm-hmm. to talk to. That would be one person that I would love to interview When it comes to people who are, let's say, doing the work for the Lord, I'd love to interview Franklin Graham. Mm -hmm. I think his story would be amazing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've gotten to interview a lot of really fantastic, both of you. Uh, I find we, that we did not pay you to say that. Mike. No, yeah, no, not. but no. I'm and
2: and our laugh was very genuine, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, seriously, I, I really do get to invite. I've been privileged to talk to people like Senator Marco Rubio or, the my Pillow guy, Mike Lindell. And I find it every time I get to talk to somebody of notoriety. In my uh, early days in TV, when I was in television, I did a lot of uh, interviews on TV and on radio. People like Carol Channing, the Oak Ridge Boys, people like that, that are known around the world. I've just loved getting to talk to them, but I'm not starstruck uh, for the most part uh, in getting to do these interviews. There have been a few times that I've think wow, I really have got to interview my hero that day. And that was a lot of, but I I think those are the kinds of people that I find their stories are compelling. I had a chance to uh, interview Del Tackett earlier this year. He did the Truth Project. And uh, he's one of my heroes. And I, I'm just grateful that I got to talk with him. So that's, uh, that, that's-, that's
1: a good list. Yeah. And so for those who are unaware, Mike hosts an afternoon radio show all around Central Florida called Afternoons with Mike. I listen to it via the podcast form. Could you tell us a little bit about just the context of, of who all is able to to listen to your program and, and then also how you're connected specifically within Castleberry? Absolutely.
0: Uh, what our pro- Program is it's aimed to make as much of a local impression in each of the three markets where we are located. We're located in Orlando proper, meaning all of the communities like Castleberry. Uh, Then we're also up in Ocala and the villages. Our FM signal is situated in Oxford, which is by the villages. And then our Gainesville station covers all of north central Florida. And our goal is to be a local sounding yet involved in all of these different markets with people who are newsmakers. And that can mean anything from a local pastor or a local businessman. For example, from Castleberry, it was my privilege to have not only the two of you, but also Mm -hmm. Bill Hufford has been on my program before and others as well. These are people that are doing something either for the community or in the community. Our bent, if you will, is that we're looking for people whose lives are making a difference. Mm -hmm. And Uh, we do everything that we do on our stations from and through the lens of a a biblical worldview. And so there's so much news that's out there right now. This is a time that I think, unlike any other time in my lifetime, I'm 68 years old now, and I I really can't believe how divided our country is. This is a time in which people who are pastors, and Andy, I know you've caught this, not as universally respected, let's say, as what uh, I think the role of a pastor once held in a community in America. These are times that they're changing. These times Mm -hmm. are changing. We want to be as true to What would be the biblical worldview, which I think most people would understand, that's what this country was founded on. It's the Judeo-Christian ethic that really guided our founders in this country, and that's what we want to present. So we don't want to present a Republican or a Democratic viewpoint. We want to re- represent a viewpoint that would be biblically sound, but one that is loving and one that is positive and one that is upbeat. Mm-hmm. And that's what my show tries to do. I try to look for the good, and there's plenty of good to find.
2: There is. I appreciate coming on your show. I know Drew does as well. I'm not sure we're newsworthy, but we're certainly noise worthy, right, Drew? <laughs> I mean, we can, we can make a, a noise. Mike, the last time you and I ran into each other was at the Castleberry Food and Wine Event recently. Yeah. And I-, I believe that was your first experience about the event. Tell us about what you learned about Castleberry and our community at the Food and Wine
0: Festival. Well, that's really easy to do because I felt immediately drawn in into the community. That's one thing about my wife and myself. We love the local nature of the surrounding community in which we live. So I love it when people in our church, for example, are also uh, really wrapped in and involved with the community. I think that's something that's just wonderful. So in a city, here's what I love about Castleberry. If you know people and you do business in, in that area, when you go to an event like that, As big as Orlando is, well over into the million plus, I don't know what the pop count is in Orlando, but it's huge, maybe pushing toward two million. You could get lost in that, but you go to an event like that, as big as that event was, it was hard to walk down the aisle of uh, all the food (laughs) vendors without running into people that I know. And I think that is, so it's this wonderful community that takes a big area and makes a small town feel out of it. That's what I I loved about it. Absolutely. Live music was super the you know getting to do the different tastes of some of the fine establishments that were there that was a blast and just again just the festive nature of the event it was kind of like a kickoff to the holiday season
1: almost I agree. I was out of town, unfortunately, but I've been to several and always come back a few pounds heavier. So just getting <laughs> getting a little fluffy around the belly. <laughs> Mike, you actually part of your story is you guys were you and your wife uh, were out of Central Florida and have relatively recently moved back. Uh, what was some of the motivation and where were you previous to to coming back here?
0: Well, we moved down to Central Florida in 1985 to Orlando from Indiana. Uh, we lived in Indiana. I worked actually across the river in Henderson, Kentucky. Uh, at that point, I had already left broadcasting and television and radio and was now uh, in ministry. And we, though, felt called to come down to be a part of what is now Metro Life Church. And so, We prayed about it. We didn't have a job down there, down in Orlando at that point, but we really believed that God was going to open the doors, and he did, and I went back into radio here in Orlando for a couple of years until joining the staff of that church on a full-time basis. So during that next 15 years, I served there at Metro, and in the year 2000, we made the move into Castleberry. And 2001, the end of 2001, is when we joined, we, we at least committed to joining a church plant in Gainesville, Florida. So in June of 2002, we moved to Gainesville, We had six months in the planning, and then we made the move, and we spent 17 years there on the staff of our church that we planted from Metro in Gatorland, and uh, with (laughs) my kids getting to go to the schools up there, uh, we really loved that part, and then I retired from full-time ministry from that church. In 2019, in uh, September, end of September of 2019, we moved back to Orlando just in time for the pandemic.
2: Now, we did say before the show, Mike, that we weren't going to talk about the Gators. because that's. I very had to ups-
0: slide that in there. I'm that's so very
2: upsetting that. to Drew. That's- we may lose him for the rest of the, <laughs> the, the show now. So you've got a, a strong connection with the, the city. Let's talk professionally. This is fascinating for Drew and I. We talked about communication and some of your communication skills. And obviously, you're meeting a lot of people. Two questions. What makes a great guest...
0: And what makes a great interviewer? Those are great questions, Andy. You need to be doing this more than what you do, but you're really (laughs) good at this. Are you kidding me? This WhatsApp Castleberry thing, it's huge. We're reaching the (laughs) nations. We have an international
2: audience,
1: don't we, Robert? I am (laughs) am so
0: honored to be a part of it. I mean, by international audience, I mean my mom and dad in England, but that's (laughs) great. That's great. Well, hi, mom and dad. That's great. Uh, I would say from the, the guest standpoint, what makes a great guest would be, first of all, I would think that person's comfort level is number one, when they sit down, I I can always tell if they're nervous or if they're unsettled. And what I try to do in the moments before we start the interview is to make them feel as comfortable as they can, because if they're comfortable, that guest is going to share with their heart from their heart more naturally, and they're going to be able to express things. So having somebody be comfortable. Secondly, Uh, getting a a mark of a good guest is someone who's passionate about what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes we will invite people for a particular reason. Maybe it's because of their involvement in this or that or whatever it is. And that's what we talk about when they're here. But really one thing that we most always on my program talk about is their personal testimony, how they came, if they have faith in Jesus, how they came to know the Lord, that's always a part of it. But beyond that, I'm looking for someone that is easy to talk to, that is conversational in the way they share it, and they're able to just kind of Uh, fully express and not, so I try not to give them the kind of questions that's going to be answered with a a one word answer. Yes or Mm -hmm. no. I, I,
2: I love that, Mike. And I think that's very true. Not just obviously in radio interviews, but in conversations with one another, right? As much as we can make each other comfortable in the conversation, then we can build better relationships. What about the other side of that equation then? What makes a great interviewer in a radio context. But what makes a great conversationalist in in relationships?
0: Well, I think the number one thing that comes to my mind, and I learned this years ago, that if you want to be a good communicator, you first need to be a good listener. Mm -hmm. So I think a good host is one who's going to really listen, not just to the words that are spoken to him, but also the heart and motivation that's coming from that person. And so that that person feels that they are talking to somebody that is engaged with them. I think that's number one. Number two would be, I think a good host needs to do something. And that is to stay in a position of being top of mind. I don't know if you've used that expression, but top of mind is something that I had to learn in order to do this. It basically implies that you're all of your, uh, your faculties, all of your thought processes are right in line and in sync with what I'm saying in the moment. And again, I'm, I alluded to this earlier, it's so easy for us to jump ahead and be thinking about what we're going to ask or think about what I want to ask And then you realize in that moment, well, if that happens to you, you've lost being top of mind. Mm -hmm. So staying in the moment being in the moment, being in the moment, but yet having a good feel underneath the moment without being able to sacrifice it to be able to know where the next step is going to go in that conversation.
1: And that's a hard line to draw, certainly when, when you're trying to, to speak, and particularly in the day in which we live and where there's so much communication through screens or through texting or other avenues. Yeah, I love I love what you said, just being present and really even picking up on nonverbal cues, right? Like yeah. nodding and whatnot. Hey, as kind of a wrap up to our, our time, one final question for me, Mike, would be just, you've interviewed a variety Friday of guests lots of different people different backgrounds do you have a uh, sort of a go-to question a question that you just find that like really hits at the the soul of the the man or the woman that you're interviewing?
0: Yeah, I think so I think when when I'm talking about what their passions would be you know what what it is really that they feel their purpose. What is it? Because you know, whether or not a person, you know, we hear the word calling. Those of us that have been in ministry would understand that. But I'm a firm believer that every person has a calling. And I believe that in a real sense, every person has a role to play in their life. And whether they realize it or not, I believe they're ministers. I believe they're purveyors of a message. And that's really what a minister is. There's someone who brings the message. So my goal, my questions are going to be aimed at finding out what is it is and that really is driving them. What is their motivation? You know, a joke, it's often used in little cliche ways with actors when they say, well, what's my motivation? Well, as cliche as that could be, the thing that is behind that motivation is really an interesting part of that person's life. And if we could tap into that, then we really know them.
2: I agree. That's a great question because I think everybody is either trying to find their purpose Or they're trying to fulfill their purpose. And so the purpose question always pulls out some deep, insightful and thoughtful answers.
0: It's an old saying, but it's one that's worth repeating again. Someone once said, when it comes to finding out what you want to do in your life, do something that you love and you'll never work a day of your life. (laughs) And I think that is it. I, I'm one of the people in, in, that I know of that's blessed to get to do what I love to do. I, mm-hmm. and, and this new role that I'm in, it's kind of a blend of ministry and professional broadcasting. So mm-hmm. I get to do both. I, I'm in, It's like a, a merge of these two streams all coming out of one spigot. I love it.
2: I love that. And it's very obvious to see that as, Mike, as well, Mike. And we're so grateful that you have shared your passion with us. Uh, 25 minutes has just flown by, partly because we've just enjoyed talking to you and we're so grateful for who you are. Thank but you. as we prepare to wrap up, tell our listeners how they can contact you, how they can listen to your show. Uh, give us the 20-second the, the commercial for the show.
0: Absolutely. Well, first of all, all of the information can be found online at theshepherdradio.com. And shepherd is spelled uh, S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. So it's just like the biblical understanding of a shepherd, theshepherdradio.com. We also have a free app. You can go to the App Store or Google Play and type in The Shepherd Radio Orlando and get your phone or your tablet turned into an AM radio station, just like that. What about you, Mike? How can folks find you? They can find me there on those same places. But if you'd like to email me, it is m Gilland, M-G-I-L-L-A-N-D, at markradio.com. Mark is with a C, -C, M-A-R-C, radio.com.
2: Thank you so much for your time today. It's really been a blessing and an education for Drew and I to learn from you and listen to you. We're so glad you're back in the region and uh, we look forward to staying in touch. Thank you for being our guest today. Thank you, Mike, for your time. And thank you for teaching us amateur podcast leaders what a real radio host sounds like. Drew, as we prepare to wrap up this week's
1: podcast, could you share with us some inspiration? Absolutely, Andy. This quote is from Helen Keller. She said, keep your face turned to the sunshine and you cannot see a shadow. Keep your face turned to the sunshine and you cannot see a shadow. I love this quote because uh, it's so easy to get brought down by the quote shadows of life from maybe a a failure, uh, a disappointment, maybe somebody let you down in some form or fashion, or maybe there was just criticism either from yourself internally or from someone else. It's easy to look around you and recognize and acknowledge that there are things that will shadow uh, what you have set for your life but this quote reminds us to keep facing forward keep looking ahead keep looking up towards the sunshine towards the goals that you have set out for your life towards the the ways in which you were created to live and in doing so you can keep your face towards the sunshine and therefore not see the shadows all around you Helen Keller thank you so much for this inspirational quote
2: that's great great reminder to walk in the light which is easy to do as we see all the lights going up around our city during this holiday season listeners thank you so much for joining us today and listening to our show special thanks to producer robin who makes sense out of drew and my nonsense we're so grateful that you have listened and hope that you would follow us on instagram facebook social media all at the name what's up castleberry you can check out our website www what's Castleberry.com to listen to former past episodes we hope you'll rate and review us and until next week we hope you'll have a great week